0: To the Good with Money Smug Money podcast, a podcast to help you be good with your cash and where we find out how the experts are being good with your cash. My name is Rebecca Jones. I'm editor of Good with Money. And this episode, we're talking to Laurie Don, investment manager on the Lion Trust Sustainable Investment Team, who happens to be a specialist in the healthcare sector and is going to be telling us all about what's exciting him. Hi, Laurie. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much for joining us. So tell us all about what's exciting in healthcare right now.
1: Well, I'd point to a couple of things that are exciting in healthcare right now. Um, the first I'd talk about is gene therapy. Um, so genes are the set of instructions that our body uses to get on with its day-to-day working. Um, occasionally these go wrong or get corrupted, um, leading to, to some terrible diseases. And these can affect in one or two, one of 2,000 newborn babies. Now, historically, the very best outcome for patients suffering from these sorts of diseases um, was to give them a drug every day for the rest of their life. And even then, unfortunately, they would die early uh, or lose function. Now, as technology and our understanding of the human body progresses, we now have the opportunity to really help patients suffering with these diseases. The promise of gene therapy is it allows us to fix the underlying problem or cause at source. So it's a cure. You'd have a one-off visit to the doctor or hospital and get fixed. Um then you get on with living a normal life. So some sort of dramatic change is there. Okay. Um, I'd also mention cannabis. Should we talk about that? So the progress in products developed from the cannabis plant. Um, recently the world has begun to realize that cannabis is not all bad. It has a valid use for medicinal purposes. Um, this has come at no surprise to a company called GW Pharmaceuticals, who we've been investing in a long time and they've been doing it for 20 years. Um and their most promising work is around epilepsy. There's three million uh, patients with epilepsy in the US. And in particular, there's a half a million children with epilepsy. Um, now, a third of these are resistant to the drugs the world currently has to offer. So there's really no, nothing that works for them. And uh, GW Pharma has just come up with a drug called Epidiolex. They have uh, trial data saying this works for a number of the hardest to treat types of epilepsy. And it's just been launched in the US. It's doing really well and we expect it to be uh, launched in the, in Europe by the end of the year.
0: Oh, well that's fascinating. That's really interesting. There's so much talk at the moment about the medicinal uses of cannabis and lots of places in the world opening up to the idea. How does it work with with epilepsy? How does it help to to ease either the symptoms or or the causes?
1: Uh, well, we won't go into the underlying functionality, but it basically in these trials, they've managed to reduce the drop seizure rate by about 40%. So this is normally young children we're dealing with here, and um, the earlier you can treat them, so every time you have a seizure, um, your brain's getting worse and you're getting worse. Um, so the sooner we can help people with these sorts of things, um, the better. And as I say, yeah, this company has produced clinical trials saying that... Um, they've reduced the number of seizures by 40%-ish.
0: That's really fascinating. And how far away are we from this being on the market, this product being on the market?
1: So it's on the market in the America right now and in, in, in the US. And it has been filed in Europe. And we just expect it to go through the regulatory process. And there'll be some little changes here in the UK and Germany, etc. as they roll it out across Europe. Um, but we're definitely expecting it by the end of the year.
0: That's really exciting, hey? Okay, so how, how does investing in healthcare fit in to a sustainable portfolio? Exactly how do you make that work within, within your investment process?
1: Okay, so um, broadly we invest thematically and uh, I guess a good point, point of reference to talk about would be the sustainable development goals here. So the UN um, have developed a blueprint of how they see the world turning out by 2030 and kind of offered us some steps in getting there. Um, So the Sustainable Development Goals continue to be a great way to help articulate the world we expect. And Sustainable Development Goal 3 is about good health and well-being. So it's about ensuring healthy lives and promoting well-being for all ages. Um, So you could see that the kind of exciting innovations that I just talked about kind of fit in well with this goal. I would also say that um, Sustainable Development Goal 3 covers more than that. So it's not just the new innovations, but it's talking about... um, ways to prevent people getting de- disease to start with. So it's focusing on areas such as uh, eating better or reducing smoking or pollution, and generally about setting up the world um, correctly to encourage good outcomes, kind of habits to start with. So as we've said just before, I tend to cover the healthcare names um, in our portfolio, but like at Lion Trust, with, or it's a sustainable um, investment team we, we look at the big picture. And so there are other companies that would help with this sustainable development goal three. Um, so we invest in companies like gyms and food ingredient companies.
0: Mm. I mean, I guess I speak to a lot of people uh private investors. And sometimes they're quite surprised to see pharmaceutical names in a portfolio because pharmaceutical companies have had a pretty bad rap, I think, over the years. I mean, what is what is your response to, to that kind of question?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been some bad stuff that's happened in the past. I guess we'd just say we're investing for the future. Um, so we do a lot of due diligence around how organizations are set up going forward. Um, but I guess gene therapy is almost the next step so we started off with small molecules then biologics and this kind of different um, iterations of new innovation in terms of drugs so um, historically the model has been to sell uh, you a drug every day for the rest of your life now there's implications in there about how you incentivize your sales team and all this other stuff and um, with the likes of gene therapy going forward it will just be a one-off cure So you'll be able to value that and healthcare systems will be a lot clearer in their understanding of how useful this thing is, what it's worth, paying for it in a one-off and then hopefully that's you set for life. Mm -hmm.
0: And I guess, I mean, it would be fairly impossible to really address some of the development challenges that we have without looking at the healthcare sector, right? Because we're all living longer, obesity is an issue, diabetes is is an issue. And if we're not dealing with that, then that's a huge drain on our ability to develop sustainably.
1: Totally. So I think... Um... Our health is kind of fundamental to human success. If you don't have your health, you can't really do or enjoy anything. Um, because of this, we'd expect governments and individuals to continue to prioritise their spending on healthcare um, over other things. Um, and yet, as you say, at a high level, we can see the global population is growing, people are continuing to age, and that means they'll need more healthcare. But it doesn't mean we should be complacent. I mean, the healthcare systems want to spend the money um, as wisely as possible. So that's why we seek out areas of greatest unmet medical need. Um, mm-hmm. and these are the places we can invest for good, for good returns, um, as well as better patient outcomes. So it's really win-win. It's not only making money but doing so in a way that you can see the changes and benefits that are arriving for patients too. I'd also say that actually, the investors in our Sustainable Futures UK Growth Fund have helped fund these sorts of investments. So when I talked about gene therapy, and I talked about the use of cannabis, um, companies in these spaces have come to the market asking for money to help progress their technologies and build manufacturing capabilities, and we have given it to them.
0: And is there any way that we can see healthcare fishing in sort of environmental themes? Because sometimes it feels like it's sort of one thing or the other, kind of human health versus environmental health. Is there any way that the two can work together?
1: Yeah, I think you just need to look at the big picture on all this stuff. It all ties into each other. Um, We've only got one planet to live on. So if you talk about the sources of innovation, the very initial sources of innovation, and healthcare we've got a lot of smart scientists definitely but a lot of the work is copying what nature's doing and if we're actually destroying nature then there's less um, inputs to the for the process to start with so if you look at the WWF figures I just read they're talking about 50% of the world's biodiversity gone in the last 40 years that makes it really hard um, to come up with new antibiotics for instance so it's definitely challenging um, but it's definitely something we should keep um, doing.
0: So it's essential that we preserve the natural world in order to preserve our own health.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And as we talked about with the sustainable development goal number three there, it's talking about prevention as well as cure. So um, polluting the world does not help people keep um, having issues with lungs, for instance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you need to preserve the world to start with rather than just trying to tidy up the problem afterwards. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, we talked a little bit about the Lion Trust process there, but I'm wondering if we can maybe get in a little bit deeper to really understand how it is that you guys invest in healthcare. Could you could you help us with that?
1: Yeah. So the process starts um, with thematic analysis. So we identify the key structural growth trends that are expected to shape the way the world is going, and we use these to help us hunt out well-run companies um, which will likely be able to capitalise on these transformative changes. Um, now we have 20 themes and the sustainable. And investment team. And um, these help us describe these sorts of structural trends. And so the two most relevant are enabling innovation in healthcare and providing affordable healthcare. So under enabling innovation in healthcare, this talks to companies that produce new innovative therapies and also that produce technologies which help others' companies produce new innovative therapies. So an example here would be GW Pharmaceuticals, as we've just talked about, um, Mm -hmm. but also Oxford Biomedica, which is a key player in the gene therapy area that we just talked about. Um, The second theme would be providing affordable healthcare, this talks mm-hmm. to companies that help get the innovative medicines to the masses on a global scale. Um, so examples here could be uh, Griffles in Spain or CSL in Australia, which are part of the global blood plasma supply industry. Um, so it's not just saying that these um, companies uh, don't provide innovation, but by providing affordable healthcare care um, under this theme, it just means we're focusing more on the fact that they are delivering them to the whole world.
0: Okay. So can we go back to Oxford Biomedica? I think you said that they were involved in gene therapy?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So they make um, a thing called lentivirus. Now, without getting too specific, when you fix someone's gene, so they've started off with a gene being uh, wrong, which is leading to ill health. What we do is we um, inject them with the correct gene. Um, and basically overwrite that gene so that their body knows what to do from going on, uh, as it goes on. Oxford Biomedica provide a key step um, in enabling that corrected gene to get into the body
0: so fascinating it's it almost feels like a sort of futuristic movie you know
1: yeah and we will get there so yeah and so in by playing in that uh, space we, we see that um gene therapy is a great technology that will be used we're not sure which specific companies will win in the long term doing it but oxford biomedica are a key enabler so a kind of picks and shovels for that new uh, technology in that new way that healthcare will work going forward
0: mm. Okay, so then with a company like Oxford Biomedica, they're doing these incredible things, as you just described, but what makes them a good investment? How do you look at a company and, and decide, okay, I'm, I'm going to invest in them?
1: Okay, so we start off with a product. Um, and now a lot of this is driven by the thematic work we do, as we've just talked about. We want to make sure that the company is coming up with solutions. Um, to issues in the world rather than um, problems. So in healthcare specifically, we're looking for them to meet uh, genuine unmet medical needs. And in order to distinguish that, I mean, you could speak to the CEO of a company, but the CEO of a company will always tell you that their product is the next next best thing. That's kind of their job. And we'd also speak to doctors and industry um, experts and patients just to work out where the Key areas of unmet medical need are. Um, so, once we've understood the problem, the product, and the, pro- the kind of problem it's fixing, um, the next thing to do is look at the fundamentals. So, what sort of revenues can be um, gained from selling that and how much it will cost the company to produce it. Um, but to get a really deep understanding of these revenues and costs and how those will pan out in the future, uh, we do search out an- answers on some kind of deeper fundamental sustainability points. One example could be people. So, mm. Ultimately, a company is made of people. They have the ability to make or break a company, and we want to make sure and that they're hiring the best and keeping the best people. And there's a good mix of skill sets, views and um, backgrounds, et cetera, in the workforce. And some metrics we could look at here is staff turnover numbers, employee satisfaction surveys, kind of figures on how many employees have shares in the company. So if they're mm-hmm. bought into the long-term success. So I actually met Oxford Biomedica a couple of weeks ago now, um, they're a kind of small, but growing uh, company. So they're going to have 600 people by the end of the year. They had 400 at the start. Um, And so they've just brought in a new kind of head of people um, role. Um, And yeah, exactly. We were talking about these sorts of staff turnover numbers, employee satisfaction, uh, and just trying to make sure that they're totally on top of the people um, that are going to help them create the success in the future.
0: So you're really looking at the whole picture here. It's not just okay. This company's producing a good drug, but how does it treat its staff? You know, does it have a a decent kind of turnover? You know, what are its long-term prospects actually as a business? So you're having to look at the whole thing,
1: and whether they're looking at the right sort of things in the right sort of way. Totally. So another thing could be the science. Um, So when you have an idea in healthcare, you need to prove that it works. You can't just suddenly start selling it. Um, So you do this by setting up a trial. So you you find some people with the disease that you're trying to fix and you take a number of them and give them the drug and you take a number of them and don't give them the drug. You then compare um, over a period of time how both sets of people um, cope or continue to progress. Um, so we'd look at evidence here about whether they're running good trials and doing this ethically and correctly. And also, for instance, are they disclosing the results? So it's very all oh, very well disclosing the trial results of a trial when you do really well. But if it's been an unsuccessful trial, um, the temptation is to kind of cover that up. So, um, But that is not good for the industry and that is not good for the company. And longer term, because it's longer term cash flows we're valuing these companies on, Um, We need companies that are building up trust in them um, for the doctors and ultimately the people who are going to take and buy these drugs for them in the future.
0: Mm. Now, how about politics? I know nobody likes to talk about politics, but just very briefly, we hear a lot about drug pricing, especially in the US, where it's a really big issue. Is that something that you that you look at at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, we speak to every company about this, and it all comes down to working out what the drug. And sorry, it's not just drugs. I cover broadly healthcare, so it's it's not just drugs. There's other technologies here, but um, broadly, we're trying to work out that. Um what something is worth um to the healthcare system in terms of life saved now in the uk um we'd use quality adjusted life years there's all these different calculations um but yeah i guess going to your point about politics in america um it's clear to me that the american healthcare system isn't as good as it could be Uh, we've still got around 30 million americans without insurance and 44 million um who are kind of underinsured. So the big political chat there is about bringing in healthcare for all. So this is a single payer um, public system, just like the rest of the world has. And yeah, I definitely see that happening uh, at some point. It's just, it's quite a complicated, convoluted system they have in the America right now. Um, so, yeah, it will take a few iterations, I think, to, to get to something uh, fit for purpose.
0: Mm. And I guess that, that discussion feeds into the affordable healthcare theme where you're, you're looking for those companies that aren't trying to kind of whack up prices to make extortionate profits.
1: Yeah, definitely. We're looking for companies that are going to make a reasonable profit over a um, prolonged period of time rather than just, yeah, short-term um, making too much money basically and yeah. so that's another thing we look at we look at how um, how the selling how the sales staff um, are incentivized so I guess ideally most product the best products sell themselves and um, most companies tend to need some sort of sales team and ideally these would be incentivized and rewarded um, for knowing uh, the full details of the products and when to sell them and crucially when not to sell them and it's the second part that's essential to helping patients um, as well as building long-term relationships with doctors and the healthcare system. Um, If you reward staff for selling as much as they can, they'll likely just do that. Um, And as I said, this can be great for companies in the short term in terms of a lot of cash coming in the door. But in the long term, it can lead to huge issues like the opioid crisis in the U.S. right now, which is not good for patients, it's not good for the economy. And ultimately, the companies get fined or um, not trusted for the rest of their um, existence. Yeah.
0: Have you ever made any bad calls, Laurie? Have I? Yeah
1: uh most likely yes i can't think any of the (laughs) the top of my head
0: (laughs) i guess not all investment managers can be perfect here
1: no definitely not Um, (laughs) so yeah there's some small this the, the the issue is kind of picking the small uh ipo stocks that have just come to market they've got a really good technology um and it's, and so there's kind of all sorts of things that can go wrong in the early days about around clinical trials. So at that point, we don't um, invest uh, too heavily until it's kind of proven out technology. Um, mm-hmm. But there's like a company called Circassia that although we believe the underlying technology was really good, the way the clinical trials were set up, it's, it's kind of hard with allergies. Because if you've had um, a few too many drinks the night before um, or you've got the tube to work, there's all sorts of different um, things that can go on that... Um, help or hinder your immune system. So yeah, that was definitely a lesson learned on on that one. Um, I just say that ultimately, though, if we can gain assurance on these sorts of uh, sustainability issues, then Um, it gives us confidence in the estimates we are making about long-term growth. So if we have confidence in the company's revenues and the cash flows, and we've got confidence that these are sustainable, then we can more accurately um, value the company and decide whether to invest or not.
0: Okay, fantastic. Well, just to round up then, Laurie, can you give us some top healthcare predictions? What things are going to be completely normal in, say, five or ten years that just seem absolutely futuristic to us right now?
1: Yeah, so I think the the progress we've made on the human genome it's really exciting. It's come on leaps and bounds. So um, I think your children would have their DNA sequence before they're even born. Um, we'd then have a list of kind of a multiple, a multitude of known diseases that we know how to fix, either straight after birth, if not before. And that's kind of using the gene therapy techno- technologies I've just talked about, but also a thing called gene editing that's coming down the pipe. But also we continue to take snapshots of an individual's DNA as their life goes on. And this means that if they get ill later, and um, we could use this information to tailor treatments exactly to their needs and give them the best chance to resolve the issue quickly and um, so currently when they get ill we give them the therapy that we know is most likely to help the most people but that doesn't necessarily mean it will help them in fact we may need to try another and then another with these gene um, technologies and capturing people's um, genome and um, we can then have a better understanding of what drugs or therapies will work first time and get it right then. I guess another big prediction is um, about the prevention of illness. So I think we'll be a lot better at that. Technology will help us understand clearly the impact of our day-to-day habits and actions and the mm. cause of effect, causes and effects of poor health. So we'll allow people to take a lot more responsibility for their health and um, before we even get to a disease state.
0: So we might be able to go and just pop and have our DNA tested as easily as getting our blood tested.
1: Oh, totally, yeah
0: exciting all right fantastic thank you so much for joining us today laurie it's been really fascinating
1: thanks again for having me
0: okay and thank you everybody for listening i have been rebecca jones editor of good with money and we've been speaking to laurie don investment manager on the lion trust sustainable investment team see you next time